1: How's it going Habs fans? It's Saturday, October 27th, 2018. That means one thing. It's time for the Canadians Connection podcast. I'm joined by the Max Patch ready to my David Day Mr. Rick Stevens. How's it going, Rick?
2: <laughs> well, I like that. I yeah. Like that at all. What <laughs> a great day to what join I'm you. Um, uh, happy to be uh, happy to be here. And uh, boy, we got it's rivalry day. Uh, there's always yeah. something there's just a little bit more energy when it when it's uh, when it's an original six rivalry, especially, I mean, uh, Habs fans hate the, the Nordique, They hate the uh, the Leafs, but there's something extra special, a little bit extra special. in the hate when it's the Boston Bruins, particularly yeah. in Boston. And uh, and that that kind of ties into our 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 question of the week uh, that we'll address a little bit later on.
1: Yeah, and I mean I think that has to go with the fact that it's it's recent. There's recent history in this rivalry that I mean unfortunately that 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 can't be the case with the Nordiques and and for the Toronto Maple Leafs there's been that resurgence in Toronto the past few years but we haven't seen them in the playoffs. But that bitter history, that recent history with the Boston Bruins. is is something that fuels this every time those two teams meet and uh yeah so they go in they're in boston tonight to uh, face the boston bruins before we get into the show got a couple of lineup changes that just broke about half an hour ago a little bit and that would be that andrew shaw is out charles hudon is in and noah juleson day to day is is, he's got an injury and carl Alzner because of that is going to draw back into the lineup tonight and um so immediate thoughts on that before we get into our winners and losers of the week.
2: Well, um, you know wh- where's Nikita Sherbak? Um, yeah. Where is Nikita Sherbak? Uh, he needs uh, a face on a milk curtain at this point, um, and and really, it's uh, whenever he gets in, it's going to be a tough, tough, tough position for the young man. Yeah. Um, listen, we know that it's it's. Pretty obvious that Claude, he isn't a Claude Julien kind of player. Um, I'll never forget Nikita Sherback apologizing for scoring a shorthanded goal last year. At post game, <laughs> he apologized that he was on the ice in a in a PK situation because he knows that that the coach would be screaming at him. Uh, Claude Julien hates Nikita Sherback. and it's too yeah, bad because I think it he is. could really bring something to the lineup.
1: Yeah. You know, this is a team that's like we said, they have to do it by committee. And so, I mean, having four lines and and a skilled guy on each on each line, on each wing can make a can make a big difference in that. Um, So I guess without any further ado, we'll get to the winners and losers of the week.
0: And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection.
1: And I'll get us started. For like I said, I'm the the David DeHarnay to Rick Stevens, Max Pacioretty. I just pass it off to him. He's the one that puts it home. So I'll start us off with winners and losers. Uh, I'll guess we'll start positive. We'll go with with the winner of the week and my winner of the week, Max Domi. And this was a guy last week. I, I ultimately went in a different direction with Jacob Delarose just because, it, to me, it was he was the winner of that week. He got to go and, and play and get an opportunity in Detroit. But but Max Domi was right up there. And it wasn't because he scored the goal against St. Louis. It was, if you remember, you go back to, to uh, a couple of weeks ago in that game against uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And and Jonathan Drouin sets him up for what looks to be a clear tap-in. You know, that's that's it. That's game over. And he hits the post. And it's unfortunate, but he doesn't hang his head. He He's down in the slot. He gets knocked down to the ice. He, he almost gets it again on a second opportunity. And then... Sidney Crosby turns it back up the ice. And, and Max Domi gets on his horse in a way that I, I've never, you know, it, it's, it's incredible that he's taken to this position as well as he, as he has uh, this early on. And I know you mentioned in, in your recap uh, the Buffalo game where he scored two goals, which was great, that Arturi Lekanen has been a big part in that. And that's very true. Arturi Lekanen deserves a lot of credit in, in being a very reliable two-way forward and, and has really allowed Max Domi to be his creative self. And even on that first goal, he made a nice play, and it was eventually Domi with the really nice shot that beat Carter Hutton. And, um, you know, so to me, I think that Max Domi, it's, it, we, we saw last year this experiment with with a guy who's played primarily the wing, shifting over to the center. And we saw Jonathan Drouin have a lot of difficulty with that and a lot of trouble with that. And I think it says a lot more about Max Domi. uh, It says a lot about him that he's been able to make this transition rather seamlessly. Uh, There's obviously going to be some, some bumps. There's going to be some, some things where he's, he's going to learn as it goes as he goes along. But generally I think that he has handled this about as well as you could really expect. And, uh, and certainly a lot better than, than Drew and handled it last season. And I think that just kind of speaks to the differences in the way that they play even though there are similarities between the two in terms of being creative offensive players, Max Domi has separated himself because of his compete level, the way that he plays. He is all over the ice all the time. And uh, yeah, uh, Artur Leckinen deserves a lot of credit in being that defensive, you know, the kind of the uh, just always having his his mind on that as well. But Domi has been a, a real revelation early in this season.
2: Well, I, I I agree with you. Um and you know, um let's not forget that that uh Max Domi missed um all of well most of the the preseason and yeah. um that was that was supposed to be his opportunity to adjust to the new position, to adjust to new line mates. Um but I mean ever since the trade was made, he's come to Montreal and, and things have been kind of um, uh Piled on him, um, he yeah. was he was uh, given the, the the role of being the face, um, uh, particularly on social media over the summer. He embraced it, uh, you know, charming, um, witty. Uh, he, he's he he really relished that role and excelled at it yeah. uh, over the summer. And then once he put the skates on in the fall, he's um, he's been all in, uh, absolutely yeah. all in. Uh, that big smile um and he's uh and even even the the uh, post game scrums uh these days the the person i i most look forward to hearing is max dilmy and and that's because um always he's uh even though he's new to montreal he's not been afraid to put the montreal media in their place and and yeah. and uh say you know um uh, in, in nicer words than these, uh, that was a really stupid question. Uh, he, <laughs> he's, he's, you know, Oh, I wouldn't put it that way or, or I didn't see it that way. Or, um, and he's, he's, he's refused to answer some questions, which I, I think, um, you know, he's, he's showing, um, a bit of character and, and, uh, and, yeah. and, and so his, his contributions, um, I agree with you on the ice, but, uh, they extend off the ice as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Rick, who is, who has gotten your vote for the, for, uh, the winner of the week?
2: Well, one thing that, uh, when you look at, at the points that, and, and Max Max Domi is the points leader right now on the Montreal yeah. Canadians, you look at where he's getting his points and it's kind of an even split, um, even strength and, um, and power play. Um, Jeff Petrie the same uh, He's been talked about um, Jonathan Drouin There's been lots of talk about Jonathan Drouin um, But for me um, uh, Drouin Drouin right now I mean he's piling up the power play points But right now he sits at Two even strength points Now that's mm-hmm. Two even strength points is one more than Placanitz and one more than Andrew Shaw One more than Noah Juleson. Uh So um yeah. I'm I'm still not I'm still not uh, enamored with uh maybe as as many other uh players uh, uh fans are with uh with uh, Duran's play. So in looking at even strength points the leaders for the Montreal Canadiens, the leaders in even strength points today uh are Terry Nekonen who you mentioned earlier and has has played a big role in um uh, in 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 helping out uh, max domey thomas tatar who um was my winner of the week uh last week and and i should say uh Lackanen was uh one of my winners of the week uh in yeah. in previous episodes uh and third uh, they're all tied for six even strength points that's lakinen tatar and paul byron um And I think when it, it, I mean, the, the special teams points are nice, but when the going gets tough and and when you run into a good PK unit, um, the Canadians are going to have to rely on those guys who are contributing even strength. And right now it's Lekhanen, Tatar, and Byron. And so given that I haven't uh, had Byron on my list yet, he becomes, I'm, you know, uh, uh, Byron's my winner of the week with Tatar and uh, Lekhanen as honorable mentions.
0: Um, Yeah.
2: And it's because of it's because of of uh, that work even strength um, right now Byron has four goals three assists um, for seven points with six of those points coming even strength um, and we know that that there's been something a little different about Paul Byron that that A on his sweater seems to have. Uh, Uh, changed him somewhat in, in terms of, of uh, the leadership that he's showing on and off the ice. And, and uh, so for all those reasons, um, Paul Byron gets my winner of the week.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really good choice. And I think that, you know, to your point, uh, he he does it on on an even strength. He does it shorthanded. He does it in all situations. And, and he, he does it without any kind of fanfare. Like when Jonathan Drouin does something, like, I mean, you go back to the goal against, he scored against Calgary, you know, it's great, but Paul Byron's just ho-hum, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to do my job, and he, and he's done that in all of his time in Montreal, even last year, when they when the team wasn't that great, so I, I, I definitely agree with, with your choice for the winner of the week. Uh, so, moving on to the losers of the week, and uh, I'll, I'll get us started here, too, I think, this one is going to be really tough for me because I, I, I like this guy. I like Andrew Shaw is, is what, I'm, what I'm getting at. I do like Andrew Shaw. The Montreal Canadiens are at a point now where they need to decide where their priorities lie. And we mentioned tonight that Shaw's out. He's not playing tonight. He's out of the lineup. But you go back and, you know, he's played in seven games and he has two points. And I know that he's not a guy that's out there to, to do that. But he's also a minus three. And when you add penalties to that, like the one that he had against Calgary where he was had a hold of the guy's visor for what seemed like an eternity and he wouldn't let it go, like that is just an unnecessary penalty to take. And he's putting the team behind the eight ball then because like it's, it's hard enough to win when you don't have a lot of game breakers like Montreal. Like I'm, That's just the reality of the situation. I mean, you're going up against teams – And it's going to get difficult very quickly with with teams like Boston tonight. You have Washington coming up on your schedule. You have Tampa Bay coming up on your schedule. Those are penalties you cannot afford to take against those teams. And we, we saw it earlier in the season with the Toronto Maple Leafs, with the power play that they have, that first unit they have. Those teams have units very similar to that. So you cannot afford to be taking penalties like that. And to me, Andrew Shaw, I, I understand that that is a Claude Julian player. I understand that that is a guy that he's got the ring on his finger that you, and, and he was the one that said a couple weeks ago after that loss to the, to uh, the Los Angeles Kings, that we don't want to be the team with the 25 year uh, Stanley Cup drought. And that was great of him to say that, but at some point he's got to take the words that he's saying off the ice and actually contribute in a way that is going to change that on the ice. So to me, Andrew Shaw is, is, is my choice for the, for the loser of the week. And, and also, I mean, when is Nikita Sherbach to your point? You mentioned it off. I mean, I know Charles Udan is getting in tonight and, and we've seen Charles Udan and that's, you know, it's, it's great that he's getting back in the lineup. Uh, personally, I think that that should be a fourth line with Udan Really, whoever, I guess, Pekka, I don't know that, that line would probably be pretty atrocious defensively, but whatever and and Nikita Sherback but like having Andrew Shaw out there I, I just don't I don't understand and putting in Houdon now I still don't really understand this I would really like I'd rather see Nikita Sherback draw in and this goes back to what what they're thinking as an organization where what their priorities are because if the, your priorities are to develop young talent sitting a guy like Nikita Sherback as long as they've sat him is not an effective way to do that so i i really don't know um andrew shaw unfortunately i i do like him he's you know everything that mark bergevin talks about character and attitude he's a guy that that plays with that style but at a certain point it's it comes about actually having to produce on the ice and and he hasn't done that
2: well if you look um andrew shaw is uh worst on the if you look at goals against per 60 uh on the canadians um andrew shaw is the worst and uh, it's it's by a fair margin um i i uh, whenever i think of andrew shaw uh what immediately comes to mind is uh the two um High second round picks that went for him, and Trevor mm-hmm. Timmons uh, said he would have used those picks to take Alex de Debrink- and Samuel Girard. Um, and so you imagine Alex de uh, Samuel Girard versus Andrew Shaw. I, <laughs> I didn't like that trade from the beginning. I didn't like the, yeah. the term. I didn't like the, the dollar value. The dollar. Um, that, yeah. that was a, a big mistake by Mark Bergevin. A big mistake. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna go. I, I would. You know, if I could, I would have picked the entire fourth line. Um. As <laughs> as my loser of the week. Um, yeah. Uh, I really would. Um. If you look at uh, uh, something like uh, Corsi, even strength Corsi. Um. I'm 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 yeah. I'm hammering the, the even strength business this this week. Uh. But if you look at uh even strength Corsi. Um, on the Canadians right now At the bottom of the list It's Andrew Shaw, Matthew Pekka And Nicholas Delorié. the fourth line um, Pekka's been in my uh, Doghouse Since the preseason uh, I've picked him already as loser of the week uh, You have Shaw So that means my loser of the week uh, Is Nicholas yeah.
0: Um
2: And uh, Nicholas Delorier is, is uh, riding a bit of a wave uh, that, uh, that happened at the beginning of last season. Uh, and unfortunately, there's a bit of mythology around this play, in my mind. Um, yeah. This season, he's, he's uh, because of his facial injury and, and that silly fight, he, he got into dumb. It was really dumb. Yeah. Um, he's only played three games against Buffalo, Calgary, and Ottawa. Uh, showed absolutely nothing. In fact, showed that, that that in my mind that this team has moved on beyond him. Uh, he doesn't seem to have a place uh, anymore. He doesn't seem to bring much of anything uh, to the lineup. And and you know even that that's not you know, people might say oh it's he's wearing a cage oh it's only three games but if you look back to to last season yes people point to. Uh, the fans point to the, the fact that he had 10 goals uh, last season and, and all do credit to him. Uh, yeah. Although the, the celebrations drove me nuts, his, his selfish showboating, whatever. Um, if you look at January 25th and I picked January 25th last year, cause it was kind of a, a high mark for uh, Nicholas Deloria. You know, we, we've said, um, uh, that Nikita Sherbak is not a, uh, a Julien type of player. Well, Delorier is. And on January 25th, there was a game against Carolina last year. Delorier played almost 17 minutes. Um, 17 minutes for Delorier. Mm. Does that make... I mean, just, just without... I, it just doesn't make any sense. Just the common yeah. sense of it. Well, in those 17 minutes... Um, he was a minus three um, in that particular game. Um, and from January 25th, from January 25th through April 3rd, and and keep in mind that that uh, Delorier signed a two-year contract, so a two-year one-way contract uh, in February. So that period up to when he was finalizing his contract, and once he put ink to paper, um, absolutely disappeared off the map. Just he got a yep. contract. Um, he played hard before the contract, uh, but the period between January 25th and April 3rd inclusive, he had one goal and one assist. Um, so he disappeared for the last two thirds of the season. Um, When when you know people point to oh he had a miraculous uh, season last well he had a he had a pretty good uh, first first bit of it Um, but once he signed that contract he was a no show yeah Um, the other thing that people point to is you know oh uh, uh, Mark Bergeron fleeced um. The, the sabers on that tree, trade and going the other way uh was zach redmond uh if you've listened to the from the press box uh podcast our ahl podcast with uh amy johnson you know that that we've talked about zach redmond a, a fair bit um uh, not only what he brings to the ice but but his character and his leadership yeah. now playing um in for the rochester americans Um, he's the top D man in the AHL is, is Zach Redman. And there's, I mean, there's something to say for that. Um, yeah, you know, the, the Laval lost Matt Taramina and they're struggling big time on the power play. Um, Zach Redman is second, not only in, in, in defenseman, but second overall in points. Uh, in the AHL right now Rochester's uh, Rochester's the top three positions uh, on the scoring race yeah Um, he's their quarterback for their power play five goals eight assists Um, and you know um, uh, Delore was he was pretty lazy in the AHL when I've uh, yep. talked to people in Buffalo, I've talked to people in in Rochester, and it might surprise Canadians fans, but the word is no one is missing Nicholas Delaurier. There was, he wasn't the best guy in the locker room there, and they don't miss him at all. They're embracing uh, Zach Redmond. Um, so I I I just don't see this 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 player as as having a fit uh, with the current Canadians lineup. Certainly in the Claude Julian mentality? Yes, I understand that, but as far as as uh the new uh, style, the new speed style, the uh, all of those things Delore doesn't have it. He just no. he just doesn't. And um I would I would much rather see uh, Sherbach and uh and I would have rather seen a, a wholesale change if you want to bring in uh, yeah. for Sean Delore, if you want to bring in um uh Sherbach sure, and Hoodon. That's that's fine with me. Beat the, the Bruins with speed. Why not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean look, you go back to last year, Nick Delore stood out. That's fair. In the in the first, like you had acknowledged in the first kind of half of the season. Maybe it might be generous to say half, but he he, he shown it. Like he was a good player. He was solid, energy, everything, great. But at the same time, the Montreal Canadiens weren't good last year. It, it's not, it wasn't especially especially difficult to, st- to stand out on that team. I mean, the the guys that you brought in to score goals didn't really score goals. Max Pacioretty didn't have a great year. Jonathan Drouin, same kind of thing. There weren't a whole lot of guys that were scoring goals. And, and the guys that were, you know, finishing their check and doing all those energy things, they got touted for doing that. And I think, like you mentioned, it led to that game where he played 17 minutes it was a minus three. So maybe it was a little bit they they might have jumped the gun on that uh, on that contract. But a pair of, of uh, maybe some contracts that they should have should have thought about for a little bit longer. Are our our losers of the week: mine with Andrew Shaw, you with with Nick Delorier. Um So I guess this all kind of leads into what does Nikita Sherbach have to do to draw in? Like, is there anything he can do?
2: It's, it's, um, you know. And as you were, as you were mentioning that, it just kind of uh, the the knife turned a little bit when he mentioned Delaurier and and the contract. Remember that um, in order for Nick Delaurier to to be added to the roster, come off uh, injury reserve. Um Jacob De La Rose had to be exposed yeah. to waivers and, and was lost and, and uh with all the problems with that Pekka's having um it, with 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 the bigger forwards, with all the, the problems that, that uh Shaw and DeLaurier uh, are having on that fourth line, wouldn't it be nice to have a responsibly defensive uh, large yeah. forward protects the puck well in Jacob Delarose? Um and uh anyways that hurts. But your question was about Sherbach. I don't know. I, I I don't know what he has to do. And at this point, Sherback's the kind of guy who who needs a bit of rhythm. He needs to be in there for for ten games. He needs to to and and he's not going to get that playing eight minutes on a fourth line uh, or sporadically a game here, a game there. So um, I I don't I. You know, in order for, for Nikita Sherbak to get in, there's going to have to be some injuries up the up the lineup somewhere yeah. uh, where he can come in and, and re- replace a more skilled player. I'm uh, unfortunately that's in a on a Claude Julien coach team. That's that's uh, that's the reality.
1: Yeah. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about Carey Price tying Patrick Waugh on the franchise winless with two eighty nine going to talk about some unfair criticism, and we're going to talk about goaltending in general, the equipment, injuries, all of that after this.
0: Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about Team Prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around, allhabs.net.
1: And we're back here on Canadian's Connection talked about our winners and losers of the week and uh we're gonna talk now about Carey Price who else but Carey Price the guy that's been the Canadians best player for for many many years the guy that on uh, a game against the Calgary Flames tied Patrick Waugh for for wins on uh, with 289 he's just behind Jacques Plante at this point so I mean he's got the active active career of that bunch so He's uh, probably gonna pass Patrick Wah this year, <laughs> you would hope, and then uh, turn his attention towards Jacques Plante. And um, so I guess uh, we'll talk a little bit about that moment because uh, you know Carey Price. I think that if there's anybody that uh, that deserves all of the all of the credit for this, because I mean, you know, you go back and we were talking about this. I was talking about this last week, where Montreal relied so heavily on Carey Price for a lot of those wins a lot of them, like they, they are 40, 50 save games in there. in those in in that win in that group of wins that he is, he's at, he's had here in Montreal. There are so many games where that he stole that. He just absolutely robbed the other team of two points and they got out of there. So Rick, I'll ask you, I mean, what is, what is the significance of this? Because I mean, you were around when Patrick Wall was here. So i will defer to you on, on this
2: well I, I i don't think i i, I there, there was a tweet this week about um um patrick Waugh can't hear uh care about Kerry <laughs> price's record because, because he's got two stanley cup rings in his ears i mean it, uh, it's just silly um you, yeah. you can like both um patrick waugh you know i i I certainly don't like Patrick Watt to the extent of what he's done, um, post post, uh, goaltending career, but, um, but he was, yeah, he was, he was a, a God in Montreal and, and deserved yeah. it so. And, and, um, but Carey Price, I don't know why there's, I, I, you know, he, he's, um, he's not that, uh, francophone goalie that that uh some habs fans would love to cheer for but he's done extraordinary things extraordinary things and and certainly the top uh goaltender in the world of of this era Uh, there shouldn't be any question about that and there's always people trying to to you know, take him down. And, and, uh, and that, that happened, you know, right when he took the job from Cristobal Huey and it, (laughs) it, uh, and, and Ganey had to come out with his thoroughbred uh, uh, retort. And so um, I, 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 I don't know right now, this season it's funny because uh, any broadcast you hear, it's kind of, well, Carey Price really hasn't stolen a game. He really hasn't done that. He really hasn't. And, and good. Let's, let's give credit to, to the entire team and, and goaltending yeah. is part of it, but, but let's give credit to, to those players. But Kerry Price has been superb. He's had a great yeah. start to the season, particularly coming back from a con- concussion um, uh, and, and other uh, uh, injuries Um that game against Calgary um, a, as I said in the recap um, the Canadians just put their feet up on the, on the, the bench yep. and said, all right, Carrie, go to it. And, and Carrie just, the third period was all Carrie price. Um, so, and, and in a, in a, you know, the, the game where he tied Patrick Bois, um he's, he's, uh, he also set a different another record in that same game, uh, moving ahead of, of Jacques Plant for uh the most minutes played uh yeah. in a Canadian sweater. Um so Kerry Price deserves all the accolades uh that he gets. He he um doesn't deserve the criticism uh that he's gotten. Um and I mean um uh, it's 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 difficult to to hear when there's there's so much criticism um of him. Um uh he's 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 going to be not only the uh, goaltenders, um, but he's gonna be someday raised to the rafters and, and one of the greatest Montreal Canadians who has ever put on the sweater. There's yep. there's there's no one there's no one who pl- plays the game who's smarter in terms of goaltending than Carey Price. Um, I think, I think back to the, the Ottawa game last, last Saturday. Yeah. And um, there was a play that, that kind of showed me that Carey Price is think. I've, I've talked to Carey a couple of times. Um, he says things that, you know, um they, when, when the shooter's coming, uh, coming towards him, he's, he's, he's adjusting to the shooter. He's watching their eyes. He's watching the hand position on the, on the shaft of the stick. He notices yeah. the angle of the blade. He knows where the puck is on the blade. Um, he knows where his teammates are and who it is that's on the ice, not only where they are, but who um, and their tendencies he processes so much information. Um, he's not only, you know, physically technical, but he, he's, he's one of the smartest goaltenders I've ever talked to. Um, yeah. some people talk about guessing he anticipates and he processes yeah. that information. Um, so last, last, uh, Saturday against, uh, Ottawa, um, we had Bodker coming in and, and scored, and Bodker put it in the only place possible that he could have scored. And good yep. on Bodker. That was that yep. was he placed it perfectly. Yep. Uh, and we heard people say, "Oh, Kerry, geez, just hug the post for God's sakes, and it wouldn't have gone in." What you don't understand, what people miss, um, is is that Kerry uh, Price saw Bodker just blow by Jamie uh, Jordy Ben. Yeah. Um, was going around Wish it was completely. Jamie. Pardon me?
1: Wish it was Jamie.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. Well, I don't know. Is, <laughs> is Jamie anybody defensively? I don't know.
1: Um
2: uh, don't know. But he, no, he has the speed uh, certainly uh on, yeah. on Jordy. But <laughs> but vodker went around easily around Ben. Willette was I don't know where Willette was, completely out of position. There's no possible yeah. way he would have intercepted vodker. Um and Price sees a path for Bodker to cut right across the crease. And so his thinking is I've got to block that because if I hug the post and I blo- and, and he comes across the crease, I don't have a chance. So yeah. he made the right move. He made absolutely the right move in blocking that path. And it forced Bodker into a perfect shot, perfect shot yeah. off his back and in. All right. Yeah. Uh, beat me with a perfect shot says Carey. Bodker did that's it um it wasn't it wasn't a bad play it wasn't a a soft goal it wasn't a it was just Carey made a choice based on his defensemen based on the fact that his defensemen were both beat uh and he knew he was the the only line of defense and and he 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 cut off uh that path um yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a small point, but I know it was discussed uh, a yeah. lot this week, and and uh, thought we should we should react and mention it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like you mentioned in the in the recap of the Calgary game, unfortunately, the knives are out for a portion of these fans of, of Habs fans for Carey Price because, and, and it, it's absolutely ridiculous when you look back at his entire body of work and everything that he's put together that he's going to be judged by a lost season last year where. The team was so bad that even Carey Price, the best goaltender in the world, could not save them. And he had done that for many, many years for many teams that overperformed because of Carey Price. So when you go and look at this season and that specific goal, because that was the one where I'd seen on my timeline more than any other, that's one that Carey Price should have back. And to your point, he anticipated what Bodker was going to do. And you know what? Everyone in the NHL is a, is a, okay, most people in the NHL are smart players. So when something happens, they react, and they do so in a very quick way because the game is played at that pace right now. So Bodker realized that and knew his only play was to try and beat him with that shot. And he did it perfectly. And to your point, it grazed the back of Carey Price as it went in. So I mean like there was there was no other play for Mikael Bodker other than that shot. So I mean unfortunately the, the knives are out for Carry Price right now in a way that I don't think I've ever really seen and and you wouldn't think that with a guy that just tied Patrick Waugh for for wins on, you know, for second and wins. It's you know it's unfortunate that we're at the point with this right now that we are. And um yeah, it's 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 really unfair criticism because people are just trying to As you mentioned, he's one of the smartest goaltenders that you've ever talked to. And people are trying to get inside his brain and say, okay, well, he should have done this, this, or this, or whatever. And what they don't realize is that suggesting Carey Price do something in net is one of the most laughable things that you could do because (laughs) nobody knows goaltending like Carey Price knows goaltending. You know, it's like telling Connor McDavid, like, he should be, what he should be doing on the ice. Carey price is far and away and has been for many years. I know that there are always goaltenders that, that are right there, uh, you know, right behind him. But to me, there's been no other goaltender that's been as dominant as Kerry price. And I know that look at, I know you look at his numbers and you say, Oh, well, look, this is what happened last year. And, you know, the numbers tell a lot, but they, they don't tell the whole story. And the whole story for Montreal last year was they were very bad and there wasn't any goaltender on this earth that was going to be good on a team like that. And a 900 safe percentage is indicative of that. And I think that's as high as anybody would have expected for a team like Montreal last year. So unfortunately, that's what we, that's the reality of of the situation right now. And we do have some people though that are maintaining I guess a positive outlook or an outlook that says that, you know, people maybe shouldn't be doing, making these comments online.
2: Well, we get, um, we get all kinds of reaction and reaction to our, our uh, Twitter feeds and, and we'll give them again yeah. at the end of the uh, the show and, and we encourage you to uh, respond to us on Twitter or, the all habs fan page on facebook look just uh when you're on facebook search for all habs all one word and and you can you can join the conversation there um but you can also um there's a couple of other ways to to get to us um if you want to text us we have an easy text number to remember it's 5853 rocket 5853 rocket um if you want to leave a voice uh, leave a voicemail for us um and uh, or a text, and we'd love to hear from you or email us info at allhabs dot net. Info at allhabs.net. dot net. We got an email um, about Carrie Price this week uh, from Henriette Arseneau, and she says uh, I will read what she had says. Henriette Arseneau says, Why do you allowed Why do you Why do you allowed bashes to keep on and on their attack on Carrie Price on your Facebook page? For any players, or management. While I understand that everyone is entitled to their opinion, some are going overboard. I also yeah. know that you have many comments to oversee, but certain people should be warned, then banned. Thank you for your time. So thank you, Henriette Arsenault. We appreciate yeah. uh, you writing in to us um, by email. And, uh, and there's a particular comment about the, the Carey Price bashers that uh, yeah. um, Henriette didn't like.
1: Yeah yeah and um uh, I have to say that I agree you know people go overboard online all the time and it's it's unfortunate to see that people take it to that to that personal level that that sometimes it's just kind of yeah it, it's not fun to see it get taken to uh to that level but um, moving on because. Oh sorry, you want to get something?
2: Well, I was just going to um uh, um say that I I mentioned uh, concussions um yeah. uh earlier, particularly Carrie Price's concussion and and maybe this is a, a, a big topic for uh, another show, but um injuries for goaltenders yeah. are becoming a big issue and um I know that uh a lot of the goaltenders are the, the reductions in equip, equipment to the the pants and to the chest protector in particular goaltenders are are uh, injured more and more um, but also um, mentioning concussions we have carry Price's um, concussion last year and if you look at um, TSN did a, a goalie concussions and lost games in 2017-18 in alone uh, carry Price was on there uh, 13 games Um, with his concussion, Uh, Mark-Andre Fleury, 25 games, Corey Crawford, 47 games, Jonathan Bernier, 13 games, Uh, uh, Steve Mason, 20 games, Um, Al Montoya, Um, the list goes, Michael Hutchinson, the list goes on and on and on on, on about concussions. And one of the things that, um, you know, there's been reductions in the goalie equipment, but there's been not, i mean goalie masks have stayed the same for a long time and um you know the goalie standard the the goalie masks are have to meet a certain standard uh and that is that they they line them up and they 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 must uh withstand a 75 mile an hour uh slap shot uh which is not which is not a it's not anywhere near of Actually, uh, uh, Carey Price can shoot, uh, he, in a couple of years ago, he shot a 75 mile an hour slap shot.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> no, it's true. Um, but they don't measure the energy transfer from the, uh, mask to the face, um, yeah. that's resulting in concussions and, um, uh, to, to the head area. And, um, that's that's uh, with all the advances in in sticks and equipment and everything else uh i i well i'm biased i'm biased yeah. <laughs> everybody knows okay yes uh i was a goaltender it's, uh and and i'm biased here but you know something that really bothered me when i saw um stan Fischler is kind of the dean of reporting in uh, for hockey <laughs> in the united states he's yeah. He's mid eighties and, and I don't know, he's worked for MSG for hundred years and good on him, but, yeah. but he said something that could have qualified for dumb tweet of the week. Uh, actually, there was two of them. Um, Stan says uh, goalies are beefing about the new equipment regulations. This after the league and the union spent years working it out. My advice to the puck stoppers, get used to it all in, in all caps. Um, Glenn Hall played 502 straight games without a mask. Try that on for size. <laughs> okay. We, we also, you know, we didn't. Th- at one time, there was no seatbelts in cars. Um, yeah. I, I I don't know what point um, Stan was trying to make there, uh, but um, I I think the goalies have a legitimate beef. Uh, certainly. Yeah. Certainly, I I understand the 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 desire to have more goal scoring. But we need to protect the goaltenders in terms of of, uh, equipment for their body, but particularly uh, for their head.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we also—I mean, to your point, we also didn't know then what we know now about concussions and the the life-altering, just just brutal things that, that the the consequences, the lifelong consequences that come from concussions and. So they need to take every single um, uh, they just need to, to take every measure possible to make sure that goaltenders are safe in there. And a part of that, I also believe is just how arbitrary goaltender interference is. There is no concrete way that you can point to a goal that's allowed or disallowed and say definitively it's goaltender interference or not, because it seems it changes on a whim and to me, because of that, and I mean, I know the, the the example that Montreal Canadiens fans will point to right away was Carey Price being dragged out of his net. And they'll say, well, and the people that would say that was where it wasn't goaltender interference, they're saying, well, his his gate was tied up. He was already out there. But that doesn't matter. It's so arbitrary. It, there's no way to know whether or not it's going to go that way. And I know, and, and excuse me, because I'm gonna go to baseball for a minute. Because in 2014, they they uh, they they came up with a new rule, rule 7.13, that a runner may not deviate from pa- his path to initiate contact with the goaltender. And the MLB is not the gold standard for consistency in calls. They have some of the, the worst officials in any in any sport. But they are making they they took a measure to protect catchers who like goaltenders, are putting their bodies on the line. They are playing a physically demanding and and very dangerous position. And, you know, goaltenders are there and, and they're taking equipment away from them. They're taking protection away from them. And to me, that is just not right. Good point. Yeah. So, uh, I, and, and, you know, I, I hope that something... Comes of this, I know that, like you said, that that goal that goal scoring is is priority, and and they want to see the goals, uh, you know, the the spike and and goals for uh, four per game, and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I mean, you want to protect the players, and that's that should be the first priority over everything else is protecting players like that. So uh, I guess when uh, we come back, we're going to talk about. Maybe some potential concerns. Last week, we talked about the strong start. Well, I mean, Montreal didn't have a great week. So we're going to talk about some potential concerns for the Montreal Canadiens. We're going to get to the question of the week, your responses. Who are your top three most despised Bruins of all time? And uh, we got some bad tweets, folks. We got a lot of bad tweets. Stick around. We'll be back after this.
0: The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com.
1: And we're back here on Canadians Connection. We're talking about Carey Price with his 289th win as a Montreal Canadian. And we are going to get to uh, some potential concerns for the Montreal Canadians because last week we were generally pretty positive when talking about the fast start the Habs have had to this season. And, you know, there's been a trend that we've, that you have noticed in particular and uh, you, you put in your, in your, uh, recap of the sabers game that it's become a bit of a trend where montreal gets off to a pretty good start and then it just kind of turns in the other direction rather quickly
2: yeah in in at least three games this season um we saw that in the buffalo game we saw that in the ottawa game we even saw that in the st louis game although canadians came out um Uh, with a win uh it was a win with uh, a goal with with 9.7 seconds left but they had been dominated uh towards the end of that game by the blues um so yeah the, the quick start and then um it seems that if they use the speed uh keep the puck out of their own end but i really worry about that defense which still um you know it hasn't really been upgraded over last year. And, and last year was one of the worst defensive squads in the league. So uh, I think um, Luke Richardson is kind of managing what he's got, trying to keep the puck, moving the puck out quicker. But when it comes to coverage, my goodness, it's, uh, it's scary back there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it seems as though that they've just, that once that, uh, you know, for Ottawa, it was the second period as well, but to me, it's just the third period. They, they have to come out with a little bit more than they've been coming out with because they just seem content to try to hold on at that point. And, and you can't do that. We've said, we've seen that so many times before you you can't just try to hold on because their teams like, you know, Buffalo Sabres, man, they've got some skill. They have got some skill. They've got Kyle Ocpozo, who is the guy that, that won that, won that game. You got Jeff Skinner. They just got, I mean, you know they're sleeping on teams that you know they have to be able to, and I know that Phil Housley deserves a lot of credit to your point in your in your recap. So, but yeah, it's it's certainly a a full um, cool trend. It's 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 a it's hard to see, but uh, anyways, we'll we'll see where that goes. They're in Boston tonight, so they're gonna have to come out and play with uh, a little extra, especially once it gets to the third period, because you know the Bruins aren't going away. Exactly. So um. I guess we'll get with the Bruins being mentioned. We'll uh, get to the uh the top 3 most despised Bruins of all time. Before we get <laughs> to yours, before we get to Twitter and Facebook, let's let's turn it over to Rick Stevens. Let's see what what his answer was for the top 3.
2: You know what? I uh, Bruins are my most despised team ever and uh, I could never never ever um, limit myself to three. Um, I, yeah. I have three, and they're not even on the ice. Uh, Rene Rancourt, thank God he's <laughs> retired, but the worst anthem singer in the league. Jack Edwards, oh. worst broadcaster in the yeah, The, the Nesson, the Homer Network. Um, uh, Jeremy <laughs> Jacobs, worst owner in the league. So cozy with Batman and, and uh, that relationship. But then when you look on the yeah. ice... Uh, Mike Milbury, uh, who doesn't dislike Mike Milbury, uh, Cam Neely couldn't stand him when he played uh, for Boston. Uh, Stan Jonathan, I loved to see the to see uh, Canadians players just pound the snot out of him. Um, <laughs> and and all the more recent Andrew Ference, um, yeah, you know the middle finger that he gave to the <laughs> Habs fans. Uh, Mark Savard. Big diver, the, the the guy who invented diving in the NHL, Kenny the Lin, Kenny the Rat Linsman, um, <laughs> uh, you know, Luch, Tim Thomas, he flopping yeah. around like a mackerel in the in the crease. I couldn't stand him, and loved when Carey Price uh, <laughs> got into a goalie <laughs> fight with him. Um, I it's silly, I, you know. I have an opportunity to meet uh, a lot of former players and a story I'll tell another time but was the snubbing of Ray Bork. that's that's one of the stories my brother likes <laughs> most um it, it i mean it goes on and on and on i've i've got a yeah. <laughs> i've got an unhealthy unhealthily long <laughs> list uh, of bruins that i just hate
1: oh uh, yeah well i mean it's it's one of those it's that team you know it's like like we said, they've got the recent history and they've got a history that goes back a fair way. So, uh, well, for me, I mean, it starts and ends with Milan Lucic for me. That's number one because you, you talk about what happened after the 2014 playoff series, that incident with Dale Weiss and the handshake line and, and Alexi Emelin as well. I mean, that just kind of shows that Boston were So they were, they're front, one, they were front runners as that team. They, when they were winning, they would let you know about it. And uh, as soon as they lost, I mean, unfortunately, in the case of Milan Lucic, they also let you know about it. But they did so in a very, uh, <laughs> in a very um, sore way, very sore loser is uh, Milan Lucic. Uh, Brad Marchand, you kind of exposed me a couple of weeks back when we were talking about Brendan Gallagher being the name of the captain. You said that Brad Marchand would never be the captain of the, uh, of the Boston Bruins. You said that I liked him as a player, and I do. And part of the reason why I like him as a player is because he's so easy to hate, man. He does it so well. (laughs) That's what he got paid. That's what he got paid for before he became a a member of probably what arguably the best line in hockey right now. One of, I mean, up there with Colorado, I mean, they're tearing it up right now, but you know, Brad Marshall, before he was an effective top line scoring winger, he was, that's what he, that's what he did. That's who he was, man. And uh, you know, I know that it's not a popular this uh, popular choice uh, in in terms of liking him as a player. But, you know, I I think that, uh, you know, he's an effective player, but at the same time, he is easily, easily one of my most despised Bruins. But it's kind of like, it's a thing that you do. You just, you don't like Brad Marchand. And to me, that kind of leads me to, okay, he's, you know, but he's doing his job, which is, you're not supposed to like him. (laughs) It's kind of confusing, actually. I don't know what I'm saying. But anyways, I'll move on to my third licking. before I can. Yeah, the licking. Yeah, that, that's yeah, just yeah. gross. That's just, yeah. but before I confuse anyone, I'll just move on to my third, which is Tim Thomas. And this is for really one reason. In 2011, the Stanley Cup final, if you remember when Roberto Luongo was, was saying like, oh, I pumped, I pumped Tim Thomas's tires in the media. You know, I've been saying such great things about him. And he hasn't said those things about me. And, uh, and Tim Thomas kind of said that, well, you know, it's not my job to do that. And, uh, you know, maybe that's a fair point, but it's the common courtesy in the NHL. This is where, you know, a couple nights ago, you have Sidney Crosby saying that Connor McDavid is the best player in the league. And, you know, before he goes and ends all of Edmonton's lives collectively. So, you know, like he's just, that's the, what you do. And, and for Tim Thomas, I mean, I just, I was never a huge fan of him, but, To me, I mean, even though the 2011 Canucks were not the most likable bunch, Roberto Luongo has been one of those guys that's been, uh, you know, you have to, if you don't like him, you have to at least respect him. And to me, I know that Tim Thomas has a great story, you know, didn't really get to uh, get an opportunity until late into his his mid-30s. So, I mean, that's, you have to respect that. But at the same time, I was never a huge fan of of the actual guy so uh those are my three most despised and and one that i kind of like that that's kind (laughs) of conflicting (laughs) but uh before we you know we'll turn it over to twitter we'll see what twitter's saying right now because uh and and it seems to be that it's mostly marshawn and lucic that are that are in there consistently uh there's an honorable mention for jack edwards from sal and that's a very good and he actually has a Chera is number one, then Marchand, and then a tie between Sean Thornton and Lucic, with an honorable mention for for Jack Edwards. Um, someone says Bork. This is uh, Adam Como at Absolutely Twelve. Bork, Neely, and Gary Galley bugs me. He's calling the Habs game Saturday night. Okay. <laughs>
0: yes. yeah, yeah,
1: that's that. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's fair. And uh, yeah, I mean, and someone does mention uh, Kenny Linsman. Andy Moog, and then the tie between Lucic and Marchand. So, uh, yeah, that seems to be uh, a, lot of, a lot of the same. And I think that that has been basically, like I said, they've got that recent history, that bitter recent history. So Milan Lucic, uh, very much a part of that, even though he's, he hasn't been in, in Boston for, uh, for a little while. But, uh, you know, him and, him and Brad Marchand seem to be uh, at the lead at the moment.
2: Uh, Amy Johnson mentions Tucarask Rask, and I think Tucarask Rask. Yeah. If there was a skating competition um, when overtime ends and Bruins lose a skating competition from crease to benchgate, Rask wins that every time. He, oh, whenever yeah. he loses in overtime, he bolts out of that arena. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hilarious, and and just a t- he has a really bad temper. Oh um, my goodness! On. Uh, on Facebook, uh, the All Habs Fan page on Facebook uh, Andre Lavoie says Marchand, Lindsman, and Terry O'Reilly um, Gislaine Gendron says uh, Chara, Lucic, and Ference Ference uh, uh, Doing the yeah. middle finger Salute to Habs fans um, Junior Champagne Says uh, Chara, Lucic, and Nathan Horton, that's a name we haven't yeah. heard Um <laughs> Uh, Jason Ferrand says uh, Lucic, Thornton, and Lucic again. (laughs) Uh, AJ Ball says Cam Neely and then everybody else. And uh, we mentioned uh, Henriette uh, sent us an email earlier. Well, uh, Henriette Arsenault also left a comment uh, uh, this week on on, uh, Facebook she says, Brad Marchand, this guy shouldn't play in the the NHL. He's not playing with a full deck. If he doesn't lick your face, he'll hurt you. So, thank you for contributing a couple times. Yeah. Henry, we really appreciate it.
1: And, uh, like I said, it's very very conflicting (laughs) for me and Brad Marchand. But, at the same time, I mean, you can't argue with any of the other choices. I mean, Lucic, Chara, Neely, all guys that for one reason or another have drawn the ire of Canadians fans and, and their hockey careers, and even afterwards for, uh, for some of them. So that's uh, that's certainly a, a very good question of the week. And we're going to continue to uh, look at your responses, retweet them as we get them as always going to uh, going to continue to interact with you guys. And we really appreciate you setting in your, your responses. Uh, so I guess that leads us to the, bad tweet of the week or the bad tweets of the week because we got a lot in this week man there were a lot of bad tweets there are a lot of candidates for the bad tweet of the week and uh, we mentioned a couple of them already so let's get into it
0: listen up it's time for some bad tweets on the canadians connection
1: yeah, that's right and we mentioned uh, earlier in the show there was a tweet from uh, stan Fischler about the goaltending equipment and we mentioned one about Patrick Waugh not being able to hear at this point in his career with two Stanley Cup rings in his ears and, and whatnot. So <laughs> I guess uh, we've already had a couple of, of bad tweets, but I think one is very clearly uh, one out. And uh, there might be even some more that we uh, would be able to mention. <laughs>
2: Now um yeah one was, uh, those those are bad tweets this one's risen yeah. uh, above uh, above those uh, this is from uh, Montreal Sports World and we seem to be getting a, <laughs> a lot of bad tweets from uh from this person um and uh he says um I don't know enough about Finnish or Russian culture uh and when you start a sentence with I don't understand something you probably shouldn't comment uh but okay. he goes on I don't understand enough about Finnish or Russian culture to understand why, but it seems like Finns like Montreal more than Russians. And his examples are Koivu, Kotkaniemi, and Lekkanen. If the Habs are going to draft Europeans, I guess Finns are the best option. So, um, uh, you know, ha- add xenophobia to your list when you're, when you're uh, drafting uh, Tim. Yeah, uh, uh, Trevor Timmons. Uh, so he says... Um, and and I, there seems to be I I think it's it's kind of the the uh, you know there's plenty of Russians who who loved playing in in Montreal, um, Kovalev comes to mind, um, and Markov is is yeah. is another Radulov was another one, actually you know this this uh, this fellow might agree with with Claude Julian and and you look at. The, yes at the Russians who've disappeared. Galchaniuk, okay, he's American, but but there's Russian uh Belarusian yeah. parents there. Uh Radulov, Markov, Nestorov, uh Amelin Sergachev, uh, and Sherbach getting the treatment as we talked about earlier. Anyway, uh let's <laughs> let's stay away from those kinds of generalizations. Yeah. Uh, and, and he,
1: yeah. Like I I love like let me let me tell you, I love a good Finnish player. Zach Koivu that was my guy growing up. All right. That was, that's my captain forever. Always. I love Zach koivu And I, and I loved when they, when they went out and they, they really kind of, I mean, in this past draft, I mean, yes, you draft Kukeniemi. you also drafted Jesse Yel- Yelonin as well. So they kind of have targeted the Finns in a way, but I don't think it's in a way that's also because you did draft Romanov as well in the second round. So it's, it, you're, you're drafting talent. You're not, you're not paying attention to where people are coming from. And, you know, I know that, that Finns get, get really uh, get a good, uh, get a lot of respect for the way that they play because they play hard all the time and it's great. And I love it. But at the same time, I mean, you can't just completely rule out an entire nation of hockey players because of, of where they come from. That's just ridiculous. And unfortunately we might be seeing it unfold before our very eyes, in the treatment of Nikita Sherbak, and not only Nikita Sherbak, also the way that Andre Markov and Alexander Radulov were kind of unceremoniously told to get out, to leave. And, and, and were not really given a, I mean, I know that in the, in the case of Radulov there, there was discussions that he was looking for a pretty significant contract, but at the same time, I mean, they, they did love Montreal, especially Andre Markov. So I mean I I don't know I didn't agree with with that tweet in particular and uh, as I mentioned there were a lot of candidates and we already we mentioned two already and uh, yeah so this was a this is a week for bad tweets
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's uh, there's all kinds and and I just yeah. think you know I uh, I grew up in Thunder Bay and, uh, but it's also many people don't know the largest Finnish population outside of Finland Uh ah. So I will always, uh, have a, and I, I like the way the Finns play hockey. I, I like that. Yeah. And then Koivu for sure. Um, yeah. and Kokanami is, is showing us lots of things, but, but let's, let's not base it so much on, on, yeah, uh, no. on culture, nationality, um, any of those kinds of things. Let's, uh, let's no. talk about what's valuable on the ice.
1: That's what we all should be doing. We should, uh, and that goes, I think, for for personal as well. The uh, like we mentioned with with Carey Price and and other players as well. That some of these some of these comments are getting personal, and and unfortunately, that's that's becoming more and more uh, you know prevalent on 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 the internet where you're seeing that because people feel like they can say anything. So, you know, not only with where people are coming from, but also just remember that they're people as well. So um yeah so is there anything you'd like to get to before we uh end another well just to add little, if episode. you
2: want to hate if you want to hate anybody hate the bruins and uh, yeah
1: exactly and answer our question answer
2: our question yeah. of the week uh that question is uh all time who are your top three the top three bruins that you despise and yeah. uh in a in a friend friendly kind of way i've, I've got some uh Friends who are Bruins fans, and and uh, we can we can debate all all day long because because there's uh, they have a list they have a long list as well yeah. um, and so uh, but answer our question uh, look for us on Twitter look for us uh, on Instagram look for us on Facebook um, and YouTube just uh, type yeah. in all habs all one word and uh, and you'll 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 find us and check out all the good content on allhabs.net
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I would like to see that list of the most despised Habs players from a, from a Bruins fan. I mean, I guess it would be a rather long list considering the Habs have won basically all the series that they've played against each other. (laughs) Uh, with that said, (laughs) uh, I mean, that might, I mean, 2011, I'll give it to them. They, uh, they won that one, but we came back in 2014. So how do you like them apples? Uh, so I guess that'll be a, a good as place as any to uh, end another episode of Canadians connection. Like Rick said, keep tweeting us in with, uh, with your responses to the question of the week. You can listen to every episode at your convenience on any, on all your favorite podcast platforms, iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, and tune in just search for rocket sports radio, subscribe to get this podcast and from the press box. And as Rick mentioned uh, you can search for all Habs, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection. You can follow myself at joel 19 and Rick Stevens Manning, the at all Habs Twitter account. Uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Canadians Connection. We'll be right back here with you next week. It'll be November the 3rd. It'll be at 1 p.m. Eastern time. That is 2.30 Newfoundland time. And we will see you then.
0: For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, Follow us on Twitter at Add Connection and visit allhabs.net.